this is the Pie Boy Podcast. Hey, welcome back to the Pie Boy Podcast. We are finally back on the West Coast um, in the middle of moving. So if you didn't hear an episode this week, I'm sorry. Things have been pretty crazy in the middle of moving just across the yard to a bigger house on the same property, traveling across the country, getting my kid back into daycare, childcare, getting reacquainted with West Coast time, our West Coast vibes, all the things. But I'm not here to make excuses, but I'm also not having to explain myself to anybody. So if you don't like it, don't listen. Peace. But let's start on a positive note and get back into this thing. Uh, we're taking, took a little bit of a break and we're going to start fresh and we're going to get things done earlier in the week so you don't miss out and you don't have to wait until Friday or Saturday or Sunday to hear things. Um, I've been reevaluating over this month of vacation that I went on was fortunate and grateful to have. Um, but yeah, it was hard. It's hard to do a podcast. It's hard to uh, do the work you really want to do creatively or just in general when you're on the move and you don't have all your stuff like your mic and a dedicated space. I'm still figuring out my space. So if things sound funny, I'm sorry. Uh, thing, it's only temporary. So hang tight until we get this thing back on the rails. Um, but with that being said, let's get into our stories. So sitting on that grace again, I've been thinking about interesting things uh, around sports because the Olympics are going on and thinking about training. And when I was in Maine, I had some weights, an old, old school weight bar, 45 Olympic bar uh, with some old iron weights to go with it. And I was doing different workouts with that, which I don't have here. I have like sandbag work, uh, sandbags and kettlebells and different things, but didn't have that a couple thousand miles away. So I used what I could. And a friend there let me borrow that stuff. And as I'm pumping the old school iron, I started thinking about my first days in the in a weight room. Uh, and the weight room for me started off in this little room uh, out uh, connected to my barn in my field. Uh, so basically it was just a pole barn with a concrete slab and a, a sliding door, maybe a, a 10 by 10 room where we had a squat rack and we had an old elliptical or not elliptical, like a multi-function weight lifting machine where you could do presses or pull downs or like step ups and uh, chest flies and all this random cable operated stuff from our neighbor, Fast Freddy. Uh, we had my dad's weight bench from the 80s, maybe before that, maybe the 70s from his brother, uh, something he used to pump iron on way back in the day. But yeah, that leads into my dad is the one that got me and my neighbor and a lot of my buddies lifting weights and into that kind of 
machismo mentality of you got to pump iron if you're going to be a real man. You got to pump iron if you want to be tough. You got to pump iron if you're going to play sports. All these things got drilled into my brain. And today's story is just called The Weight Room. It's chapter 80 of the book. The summer before seventh grade, Lumpy and I began working out with my dad. We had started the climb into teenage adolescence, and sports were going to get more competitive as we got older. We were turning into young men. My dad took it upon himself to be our guide. In a way, he was protecting us from being the wimpy kids. At the same time, he was helping us to be confident about our bodies and give us an edge on the competition. The phrases, do you want to be a champion or not? Or do you want to be a pie boy your whole life? Were dangled above us like a rotting carrot uh, to follow into the great abyss of manchismo. The weight room was really our old rundown barn up in the field above our house. It was a tiny slab of concrete covered by red steel siding. Our, re- uh, our weight bench was my dad's from his bachelor days. We had one weight machine that was a hand-me-down from our neighbor, Fast Freddy, like I already said. Most of our workouts revolved around the circuit of bench press, push-outs, squats, leg extensions, lap pull-downs, tricep pull-downs, push-outs, and running our driveway from hell. The worst and most popular workout we did were dirty sevens, which consisted of doing a sequence of bicep curls that involved seven half curls, then seven full curls, and then another seven half curls. It was hard as hell, but our biceps quickly grew, just like Dad said they would. Running the driveway was painful, too. The grade on that hog was horrifying, almost straight up and down at points. So we ran the hell out of that hill while dad timed us. We were never in bad shape. Listening to music was a requirement in the weight room. The old Sony boombox would blast 92.3 KGON with songs by ZZ Top, Pink Floyd, Aerosmith, Led Zeppelin, Motley Crue, Van Halen, Black Sabbath, ACDC, or a homemade CD with Ozzy Osbourne's greatest hits from our perspective. Lumpy brought that CD the first week we started lifting and we wore it out in no time. Dad was like a giddy little girl when he first heard the Aussie CD. He would say, takes me back, fellas. Good shit. No more tears, little dolls, suicide solution, believer, Mr. Crowley, crazy train, over the mountain, flying high again, Iron Man, and Bark at the Moon were our favorite songs to pump iron to. Dad would talk about the album covers like The Blizzard of Oz and The Diary of a Madman. He loved them. Lumpy would start every lifting day with a head-banging session. Dad would start every lifting day with a story about when he used to play semi-pro football, competitive flag football in the 80s and the 90s, sometimes even company softball teams, and his time playing baseball at Clackamas Community College. It was all sports stories. My favorite story was about Rocco in the fourth and 10 play to win the 1985 semi-pro league championship. 
I also like the story about the dudes on a semi-pro team who would tell him to turn down his music on the bus rides to games. According to Dad, he would bring an old-school ghetto blaster and turn Ozzy up as high as it would go. Some of the dudes from in the back of the bus would yell over the music, Mr. Swain, Mr. Swain, can you turn that noise down? There was a new story every day about his experiences. Dad would impersonate all of his teammates' voices, and we would laugh. All the stories felt real because he would get so into them. It was like we were watching a one-man show on Broadway. Sometimes he would get dead serious, jacked up, or other times he would cry laughing. It was just the three of us for the first month or so before my other buddies decided to show up. Lumpy liked to goof off and not lift hard. He would coast through until my dad couldn't stand it anymore. Lumpy didn't listen to many people, but he listened to my dad. Instead of going the traditional route of positive encouragement, dad liked to poke fun and get people heated. His knack for lighting a fire under Lumpy's ass and others was inspiring and really funny. Dad would say things like, Hey Lumpy, those beard titties ain't going anywhere unless you lift hard. Lumpy would get so pissed. The anger would quickly turn into a fierce concentration. Dad loved to see Lumpy get all worked up. Why? When Lumpy tried hard, he was one of the strongest and most, most athletic people in our town. All he needed was a push, and my dad liked to help. We got a huge head start on all the other kids our age. It was so much fun. Don't get me wrong. My dad was not one of those psychotic parents trying to mold their children into professional athletes from the moment of conception. He just saw something in us, and I think he saw himself. His biggest reasoning for introducing us to lifting and training was the fact that there was no one in his life to do that for him when he was younger. I wish someone would have taught me how to lift weights and train when I was a kid. I didn't know shit about it until I was playing semi-pro. The other guys laughed at me because I didn't know how to lift. My natural abilities only got me so far, Dad said. The trend of lifting weights quickly caught on with the rest of my buddies. They all started riding the bus to my house after school. What a shit show it was. Ten or more teenage boys messing around in the weight room was no joke, but Dad kept us in line. Most of my buddies were pretty weak. My friend Legs was one of the weakest even though he was one of the tallest and most athletic. My friend Legs' mom called my dad and said Legs couldn't lift anymore because he was concerned he would get hurt. The funny part was that he couldn't even bench press the 45 Olympic bar 10 times. A few other moms called with questions about what we were doing, and it didn't stop us. My dad kept saying, cut the fat or the cream rises to the top. And just a side note, we called him legs because he was really tall and he was all legs. 
and I love him to this day. If I ever see him, it's all love, all respect. The rest of us with moms that didn't call made fun of the ones that did. My dad respected the wishes of the moms and didn't force anybody to come. But deep down, I know he was disappointed in them for not wanting their kids to get better at sports they loved. One of my buddies got strong really fast compared to the rest of us specifically on the bench press. My dad enjoyed those moments. Old Charlie Googs had the perfect frame for bench pressing. He had a short, he had short arms with a wide chest, just like my dad. That seems to be the formula for a bench press master. At the time he was doing the 35 pound plates on each side of their 45 pound bar. It's like 95 pounds or 100 and wow, I'm terrible at math, like 115. It was impressive for a seventh grader. He started to get cocky and would challenge my dad. My dad was doing five sets of 10 with 225 pounds back there. The two, he had two wheels on each side, as they say. That's two 45 pound weights on each side of the bar for you non-iron pumpers. Crazy shit, but Googs would tell my dad that he should be done lifting for the day if he could lift 225 pounds once. It never happened, but Googs did put in a great deal of effort. He would turn beet red and get the bar to almost halfway up. Deep down, I wanted him to succeed. Lifting weights was tough. When I think back on these times, I realize we are lifting what people call prison weights. They felt like cement, and once we got to high school, I thought the weights in the official weight room were off or something. They felt lighter, which proved the point that my weights were not correct and were more dense or something. I have proof now when I look at the fabulous gifs and memes of people talking about lifting with old weight sets that their dads and grandpas use in the 70s and 80s. They made me think these weights hit differently. Prove me wrong. Oh man, what what a time. Yeah, 7th grade, 8th grade, ninth grade, 10th grade, 11th, 12th, lifting in that little room. I'll never forget, I think about the really hard days being in the winter or when it's raining here, the rain pouring down on the tin of our pole barn we're freezing in there when it was very cold or snowed or ice and we i remember my dad wearing like gloves like mittens to pump iron sometimes because the bar was so cold so you'd lift tried to lift as fast as you could we had a little shitty heater that didn't really do much and some of my softer friends would try to hang out by it but most of those days it was just lumping my dad and myself because everybody else would say oh it's too cold I, I can't come different excuses and then we'd laugh and make fun of them and then we'd get back to business we just had a different gear we had a different idea of what it what sports meant what lifting meant to us yeah it was kind of my beginning of machismo and being a manly man and not being a pie boy 
all these different things. I felt like I had to do it in the beginning, but then eventually I wanted to do it. And I know Lumpy wanted to do it too. He he liked to goof around. That was just him. And when somebody actually cared about him and pushed him, he was unstoppable. He was stronger than me, for sure. And even though he didn't work as hard, he had natural abilities that I just didn't. We call them farm boy strong or country strong because he lift all kinds he was lifting things that weren't weights all the way up to that point doing chores with his dad logging their property all these different things cutting wood throwing an axe around i know that made him strong he was really good with an axe and cutting wood and all this stuff so it just helped getting in the weight room we needed those things and I think about the stories in my day. It was a storytelling time, too. So when we were doing our warm-ups, different things, a little bit of stretching, not a lot. It was mostly just like air squats or push-ups or a really light weight to warm up, even though we should have been stretching and doing different things. I had no idea. There was no YouTube or Instagram or TikTok to look and see if we were doing things right, my dad was just going off of things that he was taught when he played semi-pro football. And going back to one of those stories that I really loved, I didn't say a lot about in the story because it's beyond the point, and that's why I have the podcast so I can add to it, was the 4th and 10. And it's very funny. His buddy Rocco, he got the nickname Rocco uh, when my dad met him. Uh, during tryouts at semi-pro and they're two unlikely characters to even make this team um, they're in Oregon sports history for their careers at Centennial and at Clackamas but they were long shots they were guys that like to party like to get crazy but they're also some of the toughest mofos you've ever met and Rocco was a receiver like a little receiver Italian dude um, that was very skilled and my dad was a defensive guy a linebacker a strong safety type and they became friends in their journey of making the team which they both didn't think they were going to make the team they're up against some really heavy competition semi-pro football in the 80s in oregon was filled with characters that had played for the ducks or the huskies or washington state or portland state or California or whoever, lots of big, not big name people per se, I can't name any of them right now, but I know that from what my dad said in my own research, it was very competitive. There was guys coming, guys that got cut from the Seahawks that would come and be on teams and different things. And former NFL players, like veterans that were at the end of their career, couldn't get a new contract in the NFL, they'd come play semi-pro here. If they had ties to Oregon, look it up. I'm not making this stuff up. But Rocco, he got his nickname because he looked just like this kid at the time that was in the news, this little boy in, I think, New York that had stole a car and was driving this car around New York looking for his parents or something, and the cops pulled him over, and he was on, like, a milk crate driving this car around, and... His name was Rocco, and he looked just like this guy that my dad made friends with, so he started calling him Rocco. 
this tough little receiver guy. Well, anyway, Rocco had got, I was towards the end of this game, and Rocco had gotten blasted, gotten hurt to make the first, like make a first down or something. And he had this weird thing about covering his mouth so people couldn't read his lips to call the plays. And he was going fourth and ten, fourth and ten, doggy, blah, 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 and saying it to the team and like something else. I can't remember all the things, but the fourth and ten thing became infamous. Um, yeah, and he caught, I'm pretty sure he caught the winning touchdown or the first down play after that, and he had gotten blasted, and he was doing that. He didn't want them to know he was hurt and because he was that tough. And he was like, Dougie, hide me, hide me, and all this silly stuff. And Lumpy and I and my other friends just thought the fourth and ten thing was so funny, and we had always go to each other at some point and be like fourth and 10 at school or lifting or at practice or whatever to make fun of Rocco, the hero of the semi-pro team. And on my uncle Greg's, uncle Itchy Rat, excuse me, uh, I can't remember if it was his 60th, I think it was his 50th birthday. We had gone to the Milwaukee Elks Lodge and we there was it was like a mini flag football reunion and all their buddies were there and Rocco played on the flag team after they played semi-pro together and he was there hammered and he was my dad was telling the story but then Rocco came in and he was just like the rest of the night four to dead doggy four to dead covering his mouth <laughs> like a drunk crazy person but like living those glory days and I just I always enjoyed that stuff so much and I think about other people that my dad would talk about there was this guy he played against in flag football I've seen I've seen the videos we used to watch it almost every Thanksgiving that we get together watch the highlights and the best games because they won a lot of games and championships and there's this guy named Chrome Dome this huge ball dude and he was kind of like a nemesis of my dad. Him and my dad would go at it all day long and talk, like talking trash on the sidelines, talking trash in the game. At one point, my dad leveled this receiver that came across the middle, and Chrome Dome got real mad about it and all this stuff. But like, dad would tell these different stories about characters like that, Rocco, and freaking chrome dome and eventually we saw chrome dome like whatever 30 years later and he gave my dad a hug and they reminisced about the glory days and all that stuff and it confirmed that my dad wasn't lying and making these people up and that was the beauty of the weight room it was like so much camaraderie and it built this like self-esteem and built this momentum for me with sports and I know like training is hard no matter what level you're at. And there's times when it's not fun, but there's other times when it's really fun. And when I was in college, there was times when I thought I was going to die and I thought the coaches were going to kill me or trying to kill me and the rest of everybody else, trying to weed out the weak people and weak athletes. And then there was other times where it was fabulous. I love being in the weight room and seeing who could lift the most and seeing somebody 
break a record and then you get pumped up thinking that you're going to do it or people are yelling and screaming. You see the Instagram videos and see the TikTok videos of people in the weight room these days. I had those moments too. I love that. And I miss those things as a, a man, as a person. And some people are like, I don't want anything to do with that because, yeah, masculinity like masculinity like that or machismo can be toxic and be terrible. But other times it can be really tight-knit and empowering and inspiring and motivating. And that's the focus of this thing. We had a lot of fun. And, yeah, my dad said terrible things to Lumpy, like, about the beer titties. But guess what? When he would do that, he would flick a switch, and he'd go on there and work his ass off. And that was better than him being at home, doing something he shouldn't have been doing, being out in Malala, Oregon City, doing something he wasn't supposed to be doing. It kept him busy, kept him in a positive area, even if the message was a little harsh. But, yeah. There's this time, <laughs> I was looking at my notes, and we'll wrap this thing up soon after this, but lumpy in the weight room, and uh, people would wear interesting things, and for a while, uh, if my dad, my dad usually didn't do squats, because his back and legs are all balled up from sports and stuff back then even, and he's like in his 40s and 50s, and he's, he'd do all the upper body stuff with us, and uh they'd wear jeans like lumpy'd wear jeans sometimes like hillbilly weightlifting sessions in there my dad would wear jeans and one time my dad split his pants but another time lumpy was doing squats and he'd put a lot of weight on there and my dad was getting on his case about putting more weight on there because he's stronger than what he's putting out and all this stuff and like right in the middle of all this serious talk and like ass chewing he sh tore his jeans in half when he squatted <laughs> and we just stopped lifting after that because we all couldn't stop laughing we kept looking at each other like are you serious man and oh, a good thing it was one of the last things that we were doing that day and my dad was like can never wear jeans in here again it's just too distracting dude and yeah I'll never forget that. I'm sure you're thinking, cool sto story, bro. But if you had, if you were there, if you had a moment like that, somebody tore their pants completely in half when they're lifting or doing something and you didn't expect it, it's pretty damn funny. And I'll never forget that. <sighs> yeah. And the song for this week, there's many songs I was talking about, but the one that kept popping up for me and, I have it as the intro. I'm trying something new instead of my own intro song. I'll do the intro with Ozzy Osbourne's Flying High Again from Diary of a Madman, one of my favorite Ozzy albums ever. Hard rock albums ever. Amazing, beautiful stuff. But I get so pumped up listening to that stuff, and Flying High Again was just one of those that comes in with the hard drum beat. And then the freaking guitar and all so good so freaking good if you like that kind of music or if you want to get pumped up you want some instant energy you want a shot of adrenaline right to the dome right to your heart put on Ozzy Osbourne old school 80s stuff maybe 90s no more tears is a pretty dope song too but 
it's hard not to get fired up. Every time I put that stuff on, I feel younger. I feel like I'm seventh or eighth grade again, pumping iron, pumping those prison weights, getting down to business and thinking about who who's going to stop me, who's going to beat me. And the only person I always believed that could do that was me. And I started believing that back then. And the music and the atmosphere and the weights helped me figure that out. My dad helped me figure that out, you know, interesting way so i'm thankful for that and yeah don't have to lift those hard weights to get those benefits you can lift other things or not lift at all i listen to these songs when i run and they pump me up just the same and help me get through those hard times and help me remember the grace and the traumas that we experience so that being said Go do some song and music homework. Think about your weight room, what that means to you, where you get jacked up to take care of yourself. And we don't say goodbye. We say until next time and happy hunting. Peace.